Welcome in to the Fantasy Wire Podcast. Fantasy football tips to make you a league winner. And now, to your host, Blake Ryan and Tony Solo. Alright, what is good, fantasy football community? We are coming at you here from the Fantasy Wire. Got your boy Blake coming at you with Tony Solo. How's it going, Tony? It's going good, Blake. How's it going? Good. Oh, good, brother. Good, brother. Ready to go. Ready to go for the inaugural podcast session. Yes, sir. Let's see, see if we can get this thing popping. Yes, sir. It's only right. Um, <laughs> That's what's up. All right. So, um, obviously, this is our first one. Uh, work out some of the kinks. Get it going. And drop some drop some knowledge on you guys. And, Hopefully, um, basically, win your season just, for you. Go, hey, that's what we're Unless here for. Unless you're that's in my goal. league. So, <laughs> Tony, Tony thinks he's got it in the bag. We'll talk more about that as we go. Uh, so basically, we're going to get it started just kind of introducing ourselves. Like I said, it's the first podcast. Uh, I'm Blake. Uh, basically, I, you know, love me some fantasy football among any other sports in general. Big time sports junkie. Uh, love to dig in and check out the stats. And uh, I've coached at the high school level, played every sport growing up. And three years ago, uh, we started a league together, me and Tony and some of our friends. And, man, it's been gangbusters ever since. So uh, I'll let Tony tell you a little bit about it himself. Uh, hey, guys. It's uh, Tony Solo. Some of y'all may know me as Chance. I don't know how hot I am on the streets right now. But, uh, you know, I've, I've grown up with sports my entire life. Uh, Blake was my coach at one point in high school. And uh, I went to college. Man, showing my age, bro. Showing my age. I, hey, I got to. <laughs> it, they know where the knowledge is coming from. So if they're not happy, <laughs> no. Respect. But uh, I went to college. I didn't do any sports in college. But I really stayed in touch with sports, all kinds of in-depth, everything. You name it, I'm pro- I'll talk to you about it. But, uh, yeah, Blake hit me up. Two years ago, said he wanted to start this up, and this is right up my alley. I'm trying to get into a lot of media creation of all sorts, so I'm here, and I am ready to help y'all win y'all's league. I have been in the championship three years in a row, so I mean, I don't even think you're going to make me play the regular season this year, so I'm the man to talk to. (laughs) Yeah, we we got the Tom Brady of fantasy football. Yes, sir, and I can throw it deep. Heard, heard. All right, man. Well, awesome. So, so obviously, obviously, we are in a league together, as you have gathered, and uh, so we're going ahead and get this started. You know, talking about why we're here. Um, obviously, we're here because we love fantasy, but you know, I think a big reason that we're here is because we found a league and created a league that we love and that everybody has bought into and loves to be a part of. Um, you agree? Oh. Uh- course yeah we have we have a line of people who are trying to get into our league definitely and i mean until a spot opens up sorry guys <laughs> right and i mean you know i think that's the thing about it you know some people maybe they have a bad taste in their mouth mouth about fantasy but you know it's probably because i've been in leagues that are like this you know you yeah i mean you know nobody participates yeah. you're never talking to people you send a trade request and you hear crickets so uh, you know, I feel like we built a really good thing. That was something that made me want to want to talk on the, this podcast, you know, get a podcast going to talk about, A, fantasy football tips, but also, B, 
tips for a league oh, yeah. and how to have a fun, productive league that, that you know you can be with a group of friends for a long time and enjoy. How to go so, back to back to back. Um, <laughs> oh, I think this is going to be a recurring theme here. <laughs> yeah, Tony. I got to mention so, it. Uh, absolutely. But, you know, I, basically, uh, we'll start out talking about some stories from our, our fantasy league days and... So one for me, and it's not even from this league, actually. It's from it's from one of my first leagues that I was a part of. Uh, this was back in college, my first year of college. Uh, played college baseball, and we had a 10-hour bus ride from uh, middle of Texas all the way to Mississippi for a weekend series. And we set up a fantasy football draft on the bus, live draft, in person, Man, we are on our phones, we had spirals, we printed out information in the clubhouse, and we were flipping through, did someone draft this guy yet? Did someone draft that guy yet? And dude, it was a mess, but man, it was one of those fun memories of, A, having one of those live drafts, which is something we, we've, we've done in our league, but not fully. You know, um, We've done it where we've all been together, but we've used our, used our platform to run the draft, um, but... You know, it was just really cool experience with with all the guys razzing each other on who you picked, and you know, mad when someone takes your guy, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a that's a great memory that I have from uh from fantasy in general. What about you, man? Well, my favorite memory is not a uh, hometown favorite, I should say. So uh, <laughs> back when we started the league, uh, we had a guy in fourth place. And we had a guy in fifth place, and the guy in fifth place had the best team in the league by far. Absolutely. No questions. And uh, the only way the guy in fifth place could make the playoffs, because it was a four-team playoff seed, the only way the guy uh, in fifth place could get in playoffs was if the guy I was playing lost. And I sat all my players so that I would intentionally give him the game and uh, that was before I even met Jaren, so I'm surprised he uh, he still accepted me. Honestly, thinking back on it now, because that we ended up having to restart the group. Me, it was oh man, it was troublesome for sure. And, oh, and it was entertaining. We had to create new rules. So if you've come here to wiggle your way around the rules a little bit, Bill Belichick style, I am your guy. I will find them if they are there. Absolutely. So as y'all hear, uh, Mr. Solo is shining some light on a little bit of his his strategy and style. But yeah, man, you know, it was all in good fun. And at the end of the day, there was no rule against it. And hey, he kept Jaren out of the playoffs. I mean, hey, sorry, Jaren, my best friend. But hey, what are you going to do? So um, that's a look at our, uh, you know, look into our league, man. Like Chance said, we have a, we have a group chat going and it is not just a during football season group chat. It is a hundreds of messages a day group chat about anything and everything. There's probably so some that's right another now. facet. For sure. I'll guarantee you, guarantee you. I have my phone on silent, so it doesn't mess up this old recording, but man, um, you know, that group chat is one of the best parts of the league. So if you're in a league, highly recommend whatever app you guys want to use group me you know whatever it is get on there and have a group chat so you guys can have open communication it makes it so oh, much yeah. fun man so much fun definitely involvement um, involvement creates the league if everyone's involved from first to tenth place then the league will be a plus oh dude all day i mean you know we've got guys in my league that 
you know, I had, I knew very little of when we first started. And now I consider every single one of them a good friend. Um, even the ones who screw me over in trades or whatever it may be. No, nah, just that never happens. But uh, yeah, that is the man, man. you got to watch out for trades. He'll teach you about the trades, <laughs> the psychology of the hey, trade. I am, uh, I have a way with words and a psychology <laughs> degree. So, I mean, and hey, a bunch of don't, bad don't players hate. to slough off on the other guys. <laughs> Load it down. Oh, well. We'll see about that. I'm coming for you this year, but but man, so so you hear a little bit about us and and you know kind of like I said, we we got this league together. We've had a blast with it. Now here we are, um, a couple a few years into our league, we've been kind of preparing to do something like this, and we we're finally ready to jump in. Uh, gotten a lot of motivation from some other analysts and podcasts, and like I said, I'm a very data driven person, always have been, and you know, I've started following a lot of other podcasts, a lot of other analysts. And I think on top of that data and, you know, compiling all the data through those guys, I think me and Tony both really have a a pretty good grasp on having just a feel for the game and a feel for things and, and where they're headed. And I think that goes a long way. I think having that experience, you know, in the sports world and, you know, being able to kind of hear some of that coach speak and, and kind of decipher through the bullcrap and see what they're actually saying and what they're actually thinking. I think that we're really going to be able to bring that to you guys on top of all the data because data is important. And when you compile that with experience and knowledge of the game, I think that I think that's going to be a really strong suit to our podcast. So, uh, you know, you ever have thoughts or anything, we're going to have our, our all of our social channels up for you. Shoot us an email, send us a message on Instagram, TikTok, tweet us, whatever it is. But that's what we're here for. And you know, we were kind of talking in our in our pre-show meeting, and uh, basically, you know, we were kind of saying, we are here to what? What are we here to do? And, you know, what it comes down to, and we kind of made it as simple as possible, is we're here to give the best fantasy advice that we can in as entertaining of a way as possible. I mean, that's what it's all about. You don't want to get on here. I've heard podcasts that were just such a drag, man, just data nerds, just grinding it out, and you fall asleep, can't listen to five minutes. And then there's the guys who are just constantly joking around and they're not helping you at all, but maybe they make you laugh. So we're going to find that that mid ground and, and run with it because I think we I think we can. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Let us uh, let us sift through everything and find what you need to know for the week. We can get it to you in a quick manner. You don't have to go search 12 videos to find out if Terry McLaurin is a startable player for week 15. Absolutely. And speaking of, I dig your segue. Uh, we're going to we're gonna jump in, guys. We're going to hit up our first segment ever. And this is the Divisional Drill Down. So we are going to walk you guys through each division, giving you a breakdown team by team. And for this first, first one, we are going to start with the NFC East. So... Like I said, we're starting with the NFC East. Uh, one reason is because we are a couple Texas boys, and we know this division inside and out. And it seems pretty fitting that we go on ahead and start with the old Dallas Cowboys. So uh, let's let's get let's get into it, and we're going to go on ahead and talk. Um, like I said, positional breakdown. So quarterback, Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott. He's in the news constantly. All these talks about contracts. What are your thoughts about that contract, Chance? Oh man, I'm sorry, I just, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he would. Uh, I wish he would sign. I mean, we won't know the behind-the-scenes details until after it comes out, 
you'd like to think that he's not being too greedy with it considering how much Dallas has given him in terms of endorsements from other companies and whatnot. A shot at being the starting quarterback for America's team. I mean, starting with that, that's, yeah, that's the, a pretty the good star, selling point. The star matters. Yeah, so... Uh, Absolutely. Definitely. I think... I mean, no, no, you're not going to really find anybody who's going to tell you that he's dropped down the best guy out on the field at every moment. But he 100% can compete. That is no doubt. I've seen this guy throw three interceptions and then lead his team to a game-winning drive with two minutes. So, I mean, he will fight for you, which doesn't translate anything in terms of fantasy. But for this season, you have to look and see all of the star power around him. He has got players everywhere. Like I, It's hard for me to decide who I want from that team because the points are going to be spread so all over the board, everywhere. They may not even be playing a lot of fourth quarters. So that I, I think uh, for Dak Prescott, I mean, I, I can see him sliding down the draft board. I, I can see Lamar and Mahomes going super early, people making jumps on them. And uh, I can see Dak sliding down to a comfortable position where it's like, okay, he could he could – he could finish as a top three quarterback for the season, undoubtedly. That is not far fetched oh, at all. Absolutely. So absolutely. So uh, it it'll be a very interesting season. I have pretty high hopes for Dak. I think uh, I don't think I have the ability to make a jump on Lamar as early as I know he's going to go in all kinds of drafts. And uh, Mahomes, he's going to go right there behind him, I'm sure. And I could I could see Dak slipping down to. Uh, to a comfortable position, I still would not jump out on Dak because they're, I mean, quarterback. You you can you can run fillers for every single week almost and and have pretty good outturn. If it, really the big the big separation is with Lamar and Patrick Mahomes, and I can see Dak sliding into that that top tier category, but. Unless he's in a comfortable position, I I wouldn't reach on him. I, I yeah. Where where you feel comfortable yeah. with him for sure. Don't don't talk yourself into reaching out on him. I I. But keep in mind that you can't ignore the talent that they have on that team. It's unreal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, at the end of the day, he's a top three guy for almost every analyst out there uh As he should be coming at consensus rank at, yeah number three quarterback overall and kind of like you talked about you know i'm looking here he's coming in uh average adp is 60 so you know you're looking at that sixth to seventh round which is when i would be comfortable mm-hmm. to take a top tier quarterback um i'm not a guy who's going to draft a quarterback early i love pat mahomes I have a Mahomes jersey in my closet. You'll see me wearing it on this podcast at some point. I absolutely love him, but I'm just I know that I'm not gonna be able to draft him as early as someone else in my league will. Whereas Dak Prescott, now preface this by saying yeah. we are in a league with a lot of Cowboys fans. Our league is going to sway that, and he will probably go before I'm willing to take him. Definitely. But I have no I have no doubt in my mind that he could finish. As a, he could finish ahead of Mahomes, uh, and I mean it's hard to see someone finishing above Lamar yeah. with the running ability. But at the end of the day, Dak has some of that too, and he has a lot of weapons. Oh, yeah. So I think he's really set at that quarterback three spot, and he's definitely a guy. If he falls into that fifth, sixth round, seventh round, if he falls in the seventh round, draft him. Yeah. Um, 
So obviously we both have high hopes for Dak, and the reason we have high hopes for him is uh, moving into those weapons. So we'll talk through these a little quicker, and we'll start out with the receivers. We'll talk about, um, I'll give some of the consensus rankings really quick. Amari Cooper coming in at uh, number 12, number 12 overall, um, or number 12 overall, yes. Uh, Gallup coming in at number 33, and C.D. Lamb, the rookie out of Oklahoma University, coming in at number 50 overall. So my thoughts on this wide receiving core is that it's going to be great. It's going to have good schemes because of McCarthy, because of Moore, and they've got the weapons to scheme with. Um, Ultimately, I feel comfortable with Cooper in in this scenario. He is a guy that tends to disappear sometimes. He is, I mean, he'll finish in the top 10 at the position, but the problem is he finishes in the top 10 because he has some games where he explodes and some games where he disappears. Mm -hmm. And that can be frustrating as a fantasy owner. So if you're not someone who has a tolerance for that, Amari Cooper's probably not your guy. But I don't think C.D. Lamb's presence affects Amari Cooper like some people do. I think C.D. Lamb's presence is going to affect Gallup. And I don't know if you feel the same way. I know you like Gallup a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I personally think Gallup is the guy that I'm probably staying away from because you're going to have to pay a little higher price than you are to get Gallup instead of Lamb. And I think he's going to get hurt because Lamb in the slot could become a real weapon for the Cowboys. Definitely. So if I had to rank the Cowboys receivers in order, I'm Cooper and then Lamb and then Gallup. And Gallup's probably a guy I won't have on a lot of rosters because of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely high on Cooper, but it's one of those things that I don't know if I could draft him. Like, there's just too much uncertainty. If, there's, if, there, if I'm in a spot and there's no, nobody else in that area, of course, you kind of have to take him. Wide receiver is a pretty safe position in terms of uh, injury and stuff like that. So you want something secure right there. But honestly, it's not far-fetched to snag a DD, uh, C.D. Lamb at the very end of the draft. Not very end, but, you know, he's not going to go anywhere near probably what his actual value is at. And, uh, I mean, you could still you could still somebody at that at the spot he's probably going to go. It'd be – it's – it's not unthought of for him to have a huge breakout year. And like you said, I don't think he takes much away from uh, Amari Cooper. I think he mostly takes away from Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup already kind of falls behind the behind the curtains a little bit. People don't recognize how good he is. But uh, there's a lot of talent there. If if I had to, I'm, I may stay away just solely because I'm not sure who is going to take that huge piece of the pie. Like I'm not... I'm not sure. I would put all my money on Dak, and I would put my money on Zeke. But as far as the wide receivers, if I could still CD Lamb at the end of the draft, 100% I'm taking him. But in terms of one of those first picks, and Amari Cooper's on the board, it, it's tough. It's tough to look at because I mean, like you said, he'll disappear. He'll have he'll have zero, literally zero games. Yeah. He'll have goose eggs, and then the next day he draw. Next time is 45 points. So you. Absolutely, and that, that's without without CD Lamb on the field. So if he's bringing any type of presence, then which it, right. it could open it, it so, could open Cooper up if if they're having to focus more, spread out the defense a little bit more. But man, I just don't feel extremely safe with that pick. So I, I think I would 
I'd probably stay away. If I decide with it, I'd probably stay away from Cooper, and I think I would try to get CeeDee Lamb at the very end just so that I could have a piece of that Cowboys offense but not have to give up so much capital for that pick. For sure. Because, I mean, I mean, you know, we'll get off the receivers and uh, we'll, we'll move on. But, one, I want to correction really quick. I, I When I said the consensus ranking for each guy, I meant at the receiver position. So that was not an overall ranking. Um, just so you know. So that's Cooper at 12, Gallup at 33, and Lamb at 50. And that is PPR for receiving position. So, um, But I also want to add in just here's the thing um, about Amari Cooper. is, And we'll just quick answer and then we'll move on. But Amari Cooper, basically you're going to be drafting him around the same spot as guys like, I'll give you five guys, Kenny Galladay. DJ Moore, Juju, and Beckham. Out of those five guys, I'm thinking I take him. I mean, oh, yeah. maybe DJ, maybe Kenny, maybe Kenny Galladay. Who Kenny Galladay is the highest ranked out of those guys. Yeah. Maybe Galladay, and that might not be a popular opinion. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I would. I mean, the thing is, out of those guys, out of those five guys, you know, it depends on where he falls into the draft. If you get him, you're going to get a very talented guy who could easily be a top 10 receiver. But in doing that, he could really make you frustrated uh-huh. some weeks. And he could win you weeks. Yeah. He could win you some weeks. Yeah, and so. definitely you got to know who you're playing with in your league because that will change everything. I'm sure Amari and Dak and, and well, every, every, every Cowboy will probably go higher than their actual value in our league because oh, yeah. we've, got, league. Yeah, we've got some hometown heroes. So. Right. Know your league for sure. So that being said, uh, we'll jump into tight end really quick. And, you know, Jarwin is the tight end. Jason Witten left. And so there's obviously targets to be had. But I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. I like Jarwin. I think he's athletic. I think he has high upside. But the the but is I don't know if it matters how good he is because I don't see a world where he is a higher than the fifth overall option. I mean, you're going to have Cooper, you're going to have Gallup, you're going to have Lamb, and you're going to have Zeke. All of those guys are going to get touches before Jarwin. So yeah, Jarwin's going to score some touchdowns. He's going to be a red zone guy. He's going to have a couple, He's going to have some big plays here and there. I just He's not going to be a PPR monster by any means. No. Would he be a tight end I'd be happy with on my roster if I waited till the late rounds? Mm, yes. Yeah. Very, very but, late. But yeah, so, but aside from that, I just, as much as I like the guy, I just don't know if the targets are going to be there. Yeah. That's my problem. Yeah. You can more than likely find a real long shot opportunity at where you would draft him. So that's what I would yeah. do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, and then moving on and don't worry, we haven't forgotten about Zeke. I know we haven't talked about him and there's a reason for that, but first we're going to talk about Tony Pollard. So my question to you, Tony, is Pollard a must-have handcuff if you draft Zeke? 100%. If you draft Zeke and Zeke gets injured, for Zeke gets in some random TMZ trouble, your season is over. Like, kiss your season goodbye. Because we've, we've seen Zeke doesn't even have to be charged with anything to lose six games of the season, and that tanks you completely. So if you're taking Zeke, you can get Pollard way late. He's He's not going to be high up on anybody's draft boards by any means or anything like that. But I think you have to secure that because 
Z goes down, Tony Pollard is very could very likely be 2019 Austin Eckler. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I, I think Tony Pollard has that kind of athleticism and that kind of skill. 100%. No doubt about it. I think that um, – I, I agree. I think he's a must-draft if you have Zeke on your roster. Uh, I can speak from experience because I – had just a few years ago, I had Le'Veon Bell on my roster. I did not draft James Conner, and I was the idiot all year. So, uh, word to the wise, don't be like Blake in that scenario. So, Pollard, you're looking at 140th overall ADP right now. So, like, like Tony said, he may be a guy that, you know, when you get down in those late rounds and you're having to start to reach for people, I would probably reach for for Tony Pollard as opposed to taking a random flyer oh, yeah. if I'm in that situation. Yeah. Um, so that puts us on to the beast in the backfield. He got paid last year, Ezekiel Elliott. So Ziku? he's going he's gonna to eat it up. He's going to uh, heard that. So the reason we saved him for last is because I kind of want to talk about him in conjunction with the next team and the next running back that we're going to talk about. And that is the New York Giants. And that is Saquon Barkley. So in most drafts, those guys, most boards that you look at, those guys are right there at two and three. They are, they are two and three um, in some combination behind Christian McCaffrey. So, so Tony, Mr. Solo, what are your thoughts when you're comparing Zeke and Barkley? Who's your guy? Where yet? I mean, what what appears more safe on paper? I mean, that's what you have to look at. Aaron Jones on any other team last year is probably losing my league, but they got him goal line carry after goal line carry after goal line carry. So I mean, you have to go where the opportunity's at. Saquon Barkley is a once in a generation player. Nobody is trying to argue that, but you have to look at the teams and. I mean, Zeke, Zeke's a generational talent, too. I mean, he's he's a stud, and they are going to get him opportunities 100%. The only thing that I would worry about, Zeke, is uh, Tony Pollard stealing uh, catches, stealing carries, uh, stealing the fourth quarter. Dallas could be winning a ton of these games this year by a lot, and they don't play the fourth quarter. I mean, that that is definitely a possibility. But I'm still going with Zeke as my guy because it, yeah. it, it uh, not not that it, it hurts Saquon that much that he was injured last year, but uh, and I mean Zeke's got his own issues too. I mean it it's, we can't act like he's a golden boy off the field or anything like that. And uh, right. and still I think with both both those sides I I'm going with Zeke the. The stars are aligning in Dallas, Texas, and I think you you have to. I mean, if if he yeah. if he busts for you, then I mean that's luck. You got to go where. Well, and I think I think if he busts, I mean a bust is what finishing at RB five yeah. or six. You know, I mean or injured. The whole I think he's a top which you can't control. Yeah, right. You you can't draft around that, especially when these guys. I think at the end of the day, when it comes to these guys, you know, I'd love to disagree with you. Um, you know, for, for a hot take, but at the end of the day, I agree. I mean, Zeke is, if it's coming down to it between Zeke and Barkley, I'm taking Zeke and it's because of what you said. It's because of, you said a keyword there, opportunity. Um, you know, there's a stat out there called the OTD, 
which is opportunity adjusted for touchdowns. And ultimately, I was looking at the stats there, and you've got Zeke finishing at number two overall last year. So he was second in the league in opportunities for touchdowns. Uh, Barkley, he was injured. He was at 22, so I'm not going to put a lot of weight on that. But in Barkley's rookie season, when he had a, when he you know showed out and showed why he was drafted where he was drafted, uh, he finished at number three in opportunity for touchdown. So basically, these guys, uh, Barkley's a better pass catcher, but Zeke has come around as a pass catcher and they scheme for him. Mm-hmm. And I just think at the end of the day. What it comes down to for me is the team and the better overall team that's going to have more opportunity for touchdowns. And I think that's the Cowboys, man. I mean, I think with McCarthy and with Kellen Moore and with the weapons that they have, I mean, there are going to be even more opportunities than there were last year. Yeah. And Zeke's the guy. Zeke is the guy. I like Pollard from a from a fan standpoint, but Zeke's the dude. When they get in the goal line situation, yep. Zeke's the dude, um, and they're gonna grind him. I mean, they're gonna give him. Touches. Oh, this is so, there, there is a lot I of great riding on this season for sure. They have to. I mean, yeah. you, you so, can't be taking games off this right. year. Right. So let's steam on right ahead into the Giants, the New York Football Giants. So we talked about Barkley. He's phenomenal. He's great. I don't think a lot more needs to be said. We're comparing him to Zeke, and by doing that, we're comparing number two and number three overall. That tells yeah. you how good he is. If you are in the top three, then you got you got to pick the guy. I mean, you're taking one of those two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, there can be an argument made in a PPR league for a receiver that we'll talk about later uh, on a different podcast, but I just think running back is so important. So um, I don't want to buzz past Barkley, but we already talked about him. So... The next question is quarterback for the Giants. Uh, Eli Manning has moved on, so that shadow is gone for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is the guy. They gave him the keys. And, you know, a lot of people talk about that that second year, taking a step forward. And, I mean, I've heard guys whispering about a breakout for Daniel Jones. Um, Where's your head on that real quick? I mean, I think Daniel Jones surprised a lot of people. I mean, he was one of those guys – people were crying whenever they drafted him. It was like a Chris Stapps Porzingis incident. Right. So uh, right. definitely he came out and he surprised, and he was a he was a quality uh, week-to-week flyer if you had no other guy for that position. And uh, I'm sure he ended up on a, a lot of people's teams after the season started. So it's not completely out of the realm. To uh, It's definitely not a guy that you're going to reach for. He's going to be someone there at the end of the draft. You're like, yeah, I'll, I'll take him. I'll take him. But uh, it it's yeah. very possible they have they have the weapons they've got Saquon it it he very well could have a much better season than he had last year and he already had a, a pretty good year last year. Yeah, I think that with Daniel Jones, I think he is a good quarterback, and you know, like you said, I think for me. He is a streaming option and will probably be a quality streaming option some weeks. Uh, we'll see how defenses shake out and how that how he ranks there in weekly rankings when we get to that point. But you know he's not a guy that I'm that I'm going to draft. I don't want him to be my QB one. Um, you know he's he's coming in at quarterback 14 uh, consensus rank, so he's right on the outside of QB one territory, high end QB two. If you're in a two quarterback league. 
he's a guy that you'd try to get Definitely. a little bit later. But in a one-quarterback standard league, um, there are other guys in front of him and some guys behind him in the rankings that I would prefer. So I think he's a good quarterback. I, he's not a guy I'm hitching my wagon to as my QB1. Yeah, so I don't think I'm hitching feel... my wagon at all. But he is he's, yeah. he's better than what was going to be thought of him for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, wide receivers for the Giants. So we've got Shepard, Tate, and Slayton. So last year, um, last year Slayton was kind of the preferred target for Daniel Jones. Um, that doesn't mean that Sterling Shepard, you know, guys had pretty high thoughts and high hopes for Sterling Shepard. And he's a quality wide receiver. He doesn't strike me as a number one receiver no. for an NFL team. And I think that Slayton has more big play potential. Slayton was a preferred target in year one with Daniel Jones. Mm -hmm. And I am huge on quarterback-wide receiver relationships. Always important to me. Chemistry is important. Who do they want to go to when it's gut check time? That's very important to me. Yeah, keep the drive alive for sure. Right. So for me, the only guy that jumps off the tape is is Slayton. And... Um, so as we go through the off season, uh, I think that's a situation to monitor. I think it's to monitor what the buzz is coming out of camp, what you're thinking, uh, and what, what those guys are saying about that year two leap. Cause you know, you're going to hear that about Daniel Jones along with his relationship with those receivers. So I think we're in agreement on that. You feel the kind of the same way there. Yeah. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, he was part of the, the cohesion with Daniel Jones and, uh, you look at it, you look at him on paper, and it's not that impressive. I think he had around 700 yards. Not, uh, uh, You're looking at the paper, it's not that impressive. But if you're watching the games, you can tell there's a connection between those two. And I think if there's any guy that you're going to take off the board from New York at the wide receiver position, it's got to be him. Uh, it's a coin flip between the guys that are behind him because they're both, they're both more filler role players, but... Slayton appeared as though he could take a monster step in the right direction. Yeah, definitely, definitely. For for reference, uh, Shepard is coming in at wide receiver 40, and Slayton is coming in at wide receiver 45 on the PPR. And Golden Tate's right there at 49. So as you can tell, foot, fantasy football analysts are kind of in the same boat. Ultimately, I think Slayton is the guy there. So moving in to the tight end position, Evan Ingram, all I'm going to say about Evan Ingram is super talented. Uh, Two years ago, uh, one of the guys in our league who's no longer in our league, he's moved on, huge Giants fan, he he raved about Evan Ingram and that the the Giants drafted him and he was going to be big time. And he was right. The dude's a stud, but has an injury history. I think talent alone, he's a top three or four guy. Uh, he's coming in at tight end seven, coming in at tight end seven, but man, if he falls to the right spot, I would take him based on the talent because he has that upside. And at tight end, after you get through those first few guys, you've got to go fishing for upside and targets. And I do think we just talked about the receivers and how we feel about them. I think that last year they wanted Evan Ingram to be their wide receiver one, but Injuries gotten away. Oh yeah. So that's where I'm at with Ingram. I I would like to monitor where he's at through camp. Is he staying healthy? 
And if he goes into season full health, then I'd be okay pulling the trigger on him, but it'd have to be at the right spot in the draft. Definitely the right spot. He, he's going to have to drop for me. I mean, he's a he's a guy who could win you your league, and at the same time, he could lose your league. So if you're reaching for him, I mean, there's no reason to believe that he's going to be healthy for an entire season. If that kills your team, definitely. You can spend that pick anywhere else and probably get equivalent. Not, not so much because it's a tight end position if he's healthy. Because if he's healthy, he's a, he's one of the top guys in the game. I mean, if you watch him, he yeah. does not look like a tight end. He looks like a wide receiver that is just filling the role there. So if he's healthy, that that's the biggest question mark. And, I mean, I really don't like to go after guys with big question marks. I'd rather spend my pick somewhere else and play it as safe as possible. I'll go back to that. That is one of the biggest things is just playing it safe, looking at what you have because you, you, you make – Make one of those bad picks, reach on a bad pick, and the whole rest of the season you're looking back thinking, man, that was... Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. That hurts, especially when you have to fish for tight end yeah. all year. And it, tight end's um, a tough one, so it, it, I can see where the draw is to is. reach reach for a guy, especially one like Evan Ingram that's got so much talent. But, man, it, and I mean, it never fails. Within the first three weeks of fantasy football, there will be somebody who is not on anybody's radar that will pop off and oh yeah always is. always always, always is, especially at tight end always so i mean so i wouldn't be so, i wouldn't be completely bummed out if you didn't end up with the tight end that you wanted because it more than likely that somebody will pop onto the scene but uh yeah, yeah. i it, it would be so, hard for me to take him if he slips down far enough then like you said i think you kind of have to because he's one of those guys he could be the leading receiver for the giants like that yeah he could he could and i think that's something to keep an eye on and um, you know, if you don't like injury history, he's a guy you stay away from. If you're a risk taker, he's probably a guy you take um, with where he's at ADP wise. So, so that wraps it up for the Giants. We uh, we got two more teams to buzz through. One of them will not take long. Um, but we are going to talk about the Eagles really quick. Uh, so rapid fire question: Wentz at quarterback, QB eleven which means he is sandwiched between Brady and Breeze in the consensus rankings. Out of those three quarterbacks, are you taking Wentz or are you taking somebody else? I'm taking Breeze. It's not that I'm a, a hater of Wentz by any means. I know he, he's a quality quarterback, but, I mean, I think I've got to go with Breeze. Breeze has been way too consistent to for you to go with a guy yeah. who hasn't been as consistent due to injuries. and It's, just, it's almost like the luck for Carson Wentz is so bad that it strays you away. And I mean, I think I got to go. I, I, I can't, I couldn't go with, with Brady. Oh, that's tough. He's got, he's got loads of talent. I'm just, I'm interested to see how he does outside of, outside yeah. of the new England system, which he's, he's the smartest. Well, we finally, finally, finally. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. He, uh, I was gonna say we finally get to disagree because yeah, there you go. In this scenario, I'm 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 taking I'm taking Brady in this scenario for sure. I'm not taking Wentz, and that's obviously who we're talking about. So if that tells you anything, with where he's falling to in the draft, it doesn't sound like either of us are biting on Wentz. But in that scenario, I'm talking Brady, and we will be talking about that division along with Breeze because they're in the same division. Uh, we'll be talking about that on a later podcast, and and but that would be a tough one Wentz, for me between those two. Honestly, it would be it would be tough to choose because I mean, you 
once the pick's in front of you and that excitement is already built up from from him being in a new location, he's got Mike Evans, he's got Chris Godwin, he's got, he's got talent. He it, he knows what he's doing. He's essentially how Tony Romo is in the booth, predicting what play is going to come at any moment in the game, he, except he plays. So he, he oh, he's yeah. a coach on the field, and he, I mean he wins. Uh, it, oh yeah, uh, you Definitely. you want your team to be in a good position when you're getting one of those quarterbacks. Definitely. So the last thing I'll say about Wentz, and then we'll move on, is that you've got Jalen Hurts. They drafted up. They they drafted him. Quarterback from OU. Had some question marks. Definitely an athlete. Definitely a winner. I just wonder, do the Boo Birds come out in Philadelphia, those Nick Foles truthers, those guys, if Wentz starts has a couple bad games. Does that happen? They, so. are, they are there. They're there. They're waiting. The boo birds they are, are there. They are so. roosting right now, and they are waiting to swoop in. <laughs> so we will we will keep an eye on that. But I don't think Hertz is a threat. But I just think the pressure yet, side of it not could, yet could come into play because that pressure right. will so. build if, if they're not successful right off the bat. That pressure will be there because I mean Dallas is going to be the talk of the town. So. Yeah, they're going to have expectations, and they're going to try to be running with Dallas. So, um, And speaking of running, we got our running back here. This guy seems to be the darling of a lot of mock drafts. If you're paying attention to mock drafts right now, this guy is high on a lot of people's minds, higher than most people would have thought, and that's Miles Sanders. So Miles Sanders finished last season at RB15. So that's a that's a pretty dang good rookie season, especially, oh, yeah. especially in a backfield that's tech that's typically viewed as a running back by committee backfield. So I am going to start this one by basically saying he's a great pass catcher. People have him at going at the very end of the round one, beginning of round two. And this is one that I'm going to pay really close attention to through the offseason because they're talking about signing a couple guys. Uh, Carlos Hyde was on their radar, but obviously he got signed to Seattle. And but they're still talking about Devontae Freeman or LaShawn McCoy. And I think Freeman is more of a threat than McCoy in terms of touches. Uh, I'm not scared of McCoy. I think McCoy is dead and gone personally. But I do think that Freeman, if they sign him, Doug Peterson loves to have a running back by committee. And if they sign Devontae Freeman, then you've got three running backs in that backfield that are good pass catchers, mm-hmm. that are great pass catchers. Because yeah. you've even got Boston Scott, who will be their third-string guy, but he can catch the ball. And I think that is what people are like, oh, Miles Sanders is the next McCaffrey. McCaffrey is the show pony. He <laughs> is the guy. Yeah. Shout out shout out to Craig Slaughter, the <laughs> show pony. But, I mean, he's the guy. And, I mean, I can't. most people can't even name the backup for the Panthers. Yeah. But in Philly, if they've got three guys there, you know, if they're taking away four or five catches a game, that's a lot of catches. Oh, that's yeah. a lot of fantasy points. And you can't be McCaffrey without that. So I'm not on that bandwagon unless they don't sign anybody. Mm-hmm. If they don't sign anybody, then that is Peterson telling me Sanders is my guy and I'm not going running back by committee anymore. What about a, but, if they if they sign LaShawn? Man, I think LaShawn is irrelevant. So would you still be on the hype train? 
I would be more on the hype train. Okay. Yeah, I, would I, th- be more I think on the so too. Train. But I, I think so too. I think I'm never going to be on the McCaffrey hype no, train. No, 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 no. But no. I think that I think that if it's McCoy, then I mean, yeah, he could definitely be a late first round, early second round guy for I me. I think so for too. For sure. I think the dynamic really changes if you add Devontae Freeman to it because I think that would be their best pick. If they could pick up him, I think that would benefit their team the most, 100%. That would be a really good yeah. one-two punch either way you look at it. They both do their specific skill set very well. And if he was picked up by them, that's tough. That's tough because you're, you're yeah. losing well, a lot of goal line carries, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, and what you said, you said something that fantasy players don't want to hear, and that's one-two punch. Yeah. It is hard to be successful uh-huh. in a one-two punch running back especially in a PPR format because then it's like, okay, well, which guy's the pass catcher? Which guy's the third down back? You know, um, and I mean, at the end of the day, the cream rises to the top. Miles Sanders now is way better, in my opinion, than Devontae oh, Freeman yeah. now. Oh, definitely. Devontae Freeman has lost several steps. There's no question in the skill. It's it's solely if somebody else is there to fill the position, to split it carries with right. the time. It's volume. Yeah. It's losing volume. Yeah. That's what the problem is. So, Miles Sanders is the guy who you've got. I keep saying this. It's early in the off season. You know, we're talking hypotheticals right now, but um, obviously, stay tuned and see if a signing happens that could impact him because that's going to change his ADP big time. Will be big. And that doesn't mean he won't be a value. It just means he may not be a value at where he's going right now. Exactly. Because he was still he was still he was still a good pick last year, depending on where you got him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's the thing. It's where you get him in the draft, and you'll hear us say that a lot. That is yeah. important. So, uh, the tight end position, the tight end position. Uh, I don't think it's something that we we kind of talked about this in our pre-show. I don't think we're going to spend a lot of time on it. So I will basically say Zach Ertz is the number three tight end consensus ranking. There's no way I'm, ra- I'm drafting him as the third overall tight end. No way. Uh, Goddard is too talented, and not only is Goddard too talented in Vulture's touchdowns and Vulture's receptions, but they've also upgraded at receiver. Yep. So for me, Zach Ertz, there's no way he's going at tight end three, and I think you're in the exact same exact boat. Same so boat. definitely, uh, there's no question so. that his his skill, mm-hmm. his talent level, no no questions of that of any sort. Once again, it's volume, and I mean, Eagles are a much more well-rounded team this year, definitely than than yeah. they were last year, having to depend on him. And even last year, he, I know that all all of the Zach Ertz owners out there that were watching Dallas Goder take care, uh, catch after catch after catch, I know it it killed you to watch that. So I mean, if you don't want to oh, get yeah. stuck in that position again, play it safe, draft somebody else because those top three are gonna go, they're gonna go pretty quick. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not putting up the draft capital for Ertz. Um, so that puts us at the receiver position. We've got Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Jalen Rager, who's a first round pick that the Eagles got out of TCU, uh, son of former Texas Tech Red Raider. I'm just going to throw that out there. But uh, so those are the big three guys. And and on top of that, someone that I don't even have written down, two people I don't have written down are Marquise Goodwin and our Sega Whiteside. Both guys, I mean, both those guys, Goodwin's gotten a lot of hype in the past because he's such a world-class speedster. 
Uh, Ortega Whiteside had a great year last year as a rookie. So this wide receivers core, from an NFL perspective and a quarterback perspective, I'm excited about it. If I'm Wentz, oh, I'm excited. Yeah. I finally got some more And that's weapons. why the pressure is going but, to be on Wentz this year. Yes, absolutely. But from a fantasy standpoint, I can tell you right now, I don't trust Alshon Jeffrey. I've mm-hmm. never trusted Alshon Jeffrey. He can produce. I'm not going to sit here and pretend he can't produce. Dude can put up numbers, and he has put up numbers. He's put up top 10 wide receiver numbers. But I don't like the risk there. Deshaun Jackson is boom or bust. Yeah. Uh, Chance or Tony reminded me that Deshaun had a gangbusters week one last year, and then everybody flew to the waiver wire to pick him up. And guess who picked him up in our league? Me. Guess what happened? He got hurt. Guess who never used him the rest of the year? Me. So, you know, I don't want to have recency bias, but uh, just at his age, that hamstring could pop at any moment. He's a deep threat only boomer bust guy. Um, so I'm probably sit, staying away from that. And I mean, that speaks volumes Ray- in itself because he had that breakout game and immediately everybody dropped all the other wide receivers. Like, didn't drop them literally in fantasy, but it was it was the hype train on Deshaun Jackson. Okay. It, everybody wanted Deshaun Jackson, definitely. And there there's good reason because, I mean, they, they have a good connection between him. And uh, it just goes to show you that you really don't know what you're going to get week to week. It could be Deshaun, could be Alshon. You don't you don't know what you're going to get week to week. It's a really, really sketchy pick, definitely. Unless you're yeah. picking these guys up that, extremely late, of course. Extremely late, then then why not? But, but uh, Right. I think, I think that in, we both were kind of in agreement on this. This was probably one of our hardest positions to kind of rank, per se, um, and to discuss as far as the NFC East goes. And I think it's going to become a lot clearer the closer we get to the season. Um, you know, I think my opinion on Alshon and Deshaun Jackson is not going to change. But Jalen Rager, Ortega Whiteside, even Goodwin, that's what I want to hear about. I mm-hmm. want to hear which of those three guys, because I think those three guys, one of them is going to be the value pick a little later in the draft oh, yeah. that could definitely emerge as, I think, Rager's the guy I'm really watching because he could end up being wide receiver one on a team that needs a wide receiver one with Jeffrey getting older, Jackson just being a boomer bust guy. So so let's stay tuned, hear what we've got to say a little later on Jalen Rager and some of these guys. But I think they have a great wide receivers core. I just, for fantasy football purposes, we're going to have to see what comes out of camp because I'm not going to take Jeffrey where he's going. I'm not going to take Jackson no matter where he's going. And Marquise Goodwin. Mm. So really, Jalen Rager and Ortega Whiteside are the guys I'm watching. And Ortega Whiteside is probably going to be a guy you can get off waivers. So he's definitely one to pay attention to. And, you know, if all of a sudden it's week three and he's close to the top in um, in targets, he's a guy that you definitely want to keep yeah, an eye on. Yeah, and to tie back so. to that point, I mean, what – what stops him from being the next week one Deshaun Jackson? I mean, you you really do not know. He could come out and give you 30 points, and everybody will be riding him. So definitely. Uh, you, you just don't know. Yeah. You don't know. And, I mean, if you feel comfortable with one of those guys, you'll definitely be able to get them very late, possibly off the waiver wire if you're wanting to just swap out one of your guys. But, yeah, I, I think uh, keep an eye on everything going on with the camp. And, uh yeah. See see what the vibe is for the team because I mean, it's still a lot. We're still a yeah, long way. Yeah, for sure. Away. 
Absolutely. A big thing for me is dissecting what coaches and quarterbacks are saying about their receivers, especially young guys. Um, you got to sift through just the coach speak, but I think that you can you can get some sound bites there that are important. So we'll be we'll be staying on top of that for you guys. Yeah, and that's, and, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, last year there were a lot of reports that uh, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. didn't have enough time to gain that cohesion with Baker Mayfield, and I think that showed during the season. So it, it is important yeah. to listen to what is being said from the coaches, from from the immediate reporters, all these people that are giving you insight, definitely. And I mean, we'll be here. Yeah. We'll be the ones sifting through it. So we'll find That's it. That's right. Trolling, trolling the internet, <laughs> yeah. trolling all the beat reporters. Yeah. So, so we've spent a lot of time on these three teams. So I want, and, and the reason we've done that is because to be completely honest, there's not much to say about this last team for us. Te- there's always, you know, fantasy analysts are always talking about, I'm not touching anybody on that team. And I think the Redskins, there's 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 two guys that are interesting, I will say. They're interesting, but it's going to be hard for me to take them. And we're just going to buzz over uh, Dwayne Haskin. Dwayne Haskin is not a guy that either of us care to even talk about. So he's a quarterback for the Redskins. He's got a lot to prove in, in year two. And we will see what happens there, but I don't think either of us are very high on him. No, so I'm not picking him up unless it's quickly, a troll job. So, so let's talk quickly on Darius Geis. Darius Geis, big-time draft pick two years ago, had high hopes for him. Boom, gets hurt in preseason after looking like a beast for two carries. Oh, yeah. And then flash forward to here he comes. Hopping on the hype train, here we go, coming in for year two, uh, gets back to being healthy, they kind of slow play it, boom, sprained MCL, misses the rest of the year, he's kind of in and out, it just wasn't a good good look. So, knee injuries are not fun, ask Todd Gurley, but... Sam, the NFL is not a shot. I mean, my thing on Darius Geis, let's, let's talk about kind of the narrative here of he has a lot to prove. He was a big-time draft pick. They had high hopes for him. You got the new coaching staff in there. They're talking about throwing comparisons out there where he could be like McCaffrey. Ron Rivera, we saw how he used McCaffrey. So that talk is out there because they think Geis, when healthy, has that kind of talent. So for me, Geis is a guy that I'm not going to put a lot of stock in unless his ADP falls low in the draft. He is a guy that will 100% be on my radar as a flyer. And that's going to be based on the news that's coming out, how he's looking in drills. Now, we're in a weird predicament with all this corona stuff because we're not hearing what team doctors have to say. We don't know. All we're hearing is that Geis' camp is saying he's healthy and he's going to be ready to go. Who knows? But I'm not going to lie. The more I've looked at it, I think that he could be a flyer for me. And that's, I mean, that's about it. He could be a flyer. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I, I find Darius Geis very exciting. Like, he, he's a bright, young talent. But, I mean, you can't look past the injuries. And that, that would, it, once again, you don't want to reach for this guy. But if he falls way, way, way down and you are able to just pluck him up off of the off of the draft, man, I think I'm probably doing it. There's there's a lot of I mean they they 
drafted Antonio Gibson. So, I mean, they, they with the 66 pick, so they have some faith in him. And, I mean, they've had terrible track record with keeping their running backs healthy. They've got Bryce Love. He was at one point a Heisman candidate. And this dude has, hadn't even touched the field since that day. Darius Geis, rough all last season. Adrian, Adrian Peterson, that, I mean, they'll throw him out there if they have to, but there's no reason to. There's a lot of younger talent, and they really do believe in this young talent. So, I mean, I could see it. At, he had some impressive outings at last year towards the end. He had some really impressive plays that were kind of like eye-opening. Wow, this guy could actually be, but the team is so bad. Like, the team is horrible. You, yeah. you may be getting first half 2019 Joe Mixon. For the whole season, if you draft Darius guys, you don't know. So if he slips down, grab him. I mean, if you're looking at a bunch of guys you don't know their name, take Darius guys for sure. I mean, he's an exciting young player, especially if they're that big on him. And I mean, they tried very hard to get him back as early as possible last season. I didn't even think it was very smart to bring him back when they brought him back. But I still picked him up last season. And uh, they, they were playing for nothing. They were playing for absolutely right. nothing, and uh, they were they were. And still they strong. probably will be again. They probably more than likely will be, will be again. Which, I mean, if he's catching passes out of the backfield, that's that's not a bad look because this team will be down yeah. in the fourth quarter, in the third quarter. They will be throwing, trying to trying to. And, and Chris Thompson's gone. Yeah, Chris so Thompson's gone. That's, that's huge. That's something to keep an eye that's on. That's huge. So he is ADP of eighty two. So ADP of 82. So he's not a guy that you're going to be able to pick up off waivers. He's not a guy that, I mean, that's like ninth round territory that we're talking about. So that's, that is when you start taking risks, and he may be a guy based on his health that's worth taking a risk on. Yeah. Um, tight end position, Jeremy Sprinkle. That's an, enough said. We are not touching. Yeah. <laughs> so we are not touching that one. We are going to move on to the wide receiver. I will Sprinkle? say one – <laughs> I will say one thing in the wide receivers about uh, a name that some people may have seen last year as a, you know, every now and then throwing up some big numbers, and that's Sims. Sims is kind of that quick wide, wide receiver that they throw together some schemes for. He's going to be a weekly play, um, not someone that you're looking at high, high draft stock in. Um, maybe a late round flyer. There's going to be better late round flyers, but the real guy to talk about is McLaurin. All I will say is he is interesting to me only because of his college connection with Haskins. They have that connection. They've had success together. And he proved last year that despite being on a total dumpster fire of a team, he is amazingly talented and potentially one of the best wide receivers talent-wise in the league. Oh, yeah. And that was as a rookie. Uh-huh. So Chance has some big stats to, or Tony, man, I'm gonna have to use that. Oh, Tony's got some big. Blake big, knows me by the street. He, that's right, bro. <laughs> so uh, Tony's got some big stats to throw at you real quick about McLaurin, uh, and then we'll kind of buzz off the Redskins because we're we're taking it to overtime. Right oh now. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, if y'all go and check out our TikTok, it may be linked somewhere. I don't know. Blake will have to link that somewhere. There is uh, really good clips of Terry McLaurin on our TikTok showing potentially what could be an absolute stud in the NFL. He had a 4-3-5-40. So, I mean, this guy has absolute wheels, and the defense has to respect that. And if they're giving him 
if they're trying to take away that deep ball, I mean, it, it makes Dwayne Haskins' job a lot easier. So I, I like Terry McLaurin, but that team is really, really bad. They're extremely bad. So you're, you're kind of taking a long shot, which they'll be passing. So you, you won't have to worry about that. They'll be passing. And uh, one, the major big stat that I really think is interesting is that Terry McLaurin led the entirety of all NFL players in contested catch rate in 2019. He had a 68.4%. And I believe it was 2017 Antonio Brown led, led the league in that category. And 2018 was Michael Thomas. And we, we know those talent levels. So it is not completely crazy to list Terry McLaurin as an elite stud in the NFL. The main thing you're looking at is what that team could possibly bring to the table. And, I mean, they're going to be passing. And what what is he listed as, Blake? On So McLaurin right now is 57 overall. He is wide receiver 26. And his ADP is 64, which is, I mean, you're talking seventh round. Like, I, man, man, I, I think would I'm draft pulling him the trigger. Yeah. there. I think I'm pulling the trigger because, I mean, because if, if you're looking – if there's the long shot in Sims, fine, you take that. But definitely last year, Terry McLaurin established himself for sure. I mean, he was fantasy relevant, and this team is not much different than last year. They're still a very young group of guys. So I really don't think yeah. I don't think the floor can get much lower than Terry McLaurin in, in 2019. So I think I'm taking him right there. Yeah, I agree. I think that he's the him, I mean, Geis has the big question marks because of injury, but McLaurin, if there was a safe pick for this team, I think it's him. I mean, I think he's going to take a step forward in year two. Most wide receivers do. Haskins needs McLaurin in order to keep his job. That's mm-hmm. that's my opinion. So that's big. I think that big. I think I think yeah, I think that McLaurin is the one shining spot for the Redskins, and I think that if his ADP stays stays where it's at, I like this guy. I like this guy a lot because at that ADP. You're getting oh. a wide receiver three. Oh yeah, potentially too. You know, so, so yeah, so I would highly recommend. Well, I'm saying based on you've probably drafted two wide receivers before him. Uh-huh. You know, so you're you're drafting him at wide receiver three, and he could end up being your wide receiver one. I mean, he has that kind of talent. Mm-hmm. So keep him on your radar. That's why he's on our TikTok, no doubt. Yeah, so, Terry McLaurin um, is the shining spot of that team, and then Darius Glyce. Guys is the slight uh, glimmer, sliver of hope. Yeah, he, he is the slight <laughs> sliver of hope. They're they're because I mean, no disrespect to any of them. They 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 can play, but that team you really got to look at the team. That it, that is huge in fantasy. If you have no opportunity, you have no shot. I'll be disrespectful. They're not good, and it's a crappy organization. So Red I'll be disrespectful, but they are. Oh, good lord. So. <laughs> Let's go on and wrap it up with a NFC East predictions. Uh, I'll give you mine first. I think, uh, not trying to be a homer, I do think the Cowboys win the division. I think Philadelphia is riding on their coattails right behind them. I think that the Giants finish up third, and then I think we got our dumpster fire in the back with the Redskins. So I'm assuming that Tony is feeling very similar to what I just said. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the same thing I've said my entirety of my life, and this is the year of the Cowboys. <laughs> How about them Cowboys? <laughs> so if you don't like the Cowboys, great, stay tuned. But 
uh, that's that's okay. We still love you. And uh, there's just too much. Talent. So you look on you, paper, there's too much talent. I mean, if they absolutely Dallas 100, percent they could potentially fumble the bag and not do anything this year. I think that last year it was displeasing how much they squandered the season. But I think that if they even halfway play, how do you lose? How like they they are so talented, right? And it the they got hype, a lot the of hype talent, is, man. The hype is way high, so it's not a very fun pick to say that they're going to win because the hype is through the ceiling. Right. But if there was ever a time to do it, if this there is, was this ever, is the year. I mean, this time is the year, you know. It. Not last year, not the year before, so. not the year before that. Does caught it. <laughs> <laughs> not one, not two, no. So and we digress. So last. Two things. We're going to hit you with a little segment that we like to call Tony's Thoughts. So Tony's going to give you a little hot take here, a little theoretical, um, hypothetical idea he's got going, and then we will wrap this bad boy up. So Tony, where you at? All right, guys, this is Tony's Thoughts, and uh, that's thoughts with an S, not thought. So I've got two for you. All right, guys, my first one is... I am very compelled to believe that Ezekiel Elliott may be the number one running back in the league this year. And I was not I was not very huge on Ezekiel Elliott last year. Just just wasn't. I'm not sure for what reason. I felt like there were better options at that position. But I mean, man, like it's crazy. I just keep thinking back to Aaron Jones. This man would have been bottom of the totem pole, yet they would just keep feeding him the ball at the one-yard line. And I think that that is a real possibility for Zeke. And Zeke is actually, they, they focus on Zeke. They're, they don't pull this Matt LaFleur BS of pulling, pulling him out of the game. So I, I have much faith in Zeke. And I definitely think, man, if, if Blake gives me the number one pick for this year, I am taking Ezekiel Elliott. So... That, that's a hot take, that's ladies a hot and gentlemen, take, ladies because and we gentlemen. all know. We'll see, we'll see because, like, I mean, there's no reason for the Panthers to run their pride and joy into the ground. They have, they're not playing for anything, no expectation. They are simply wasting a talent when they could be dividing up the usage and keep him around for years to come. So I, I am yeah. – only thing I would worry about is Tony Pollard still in the fourth quarter, still in potential touches. But other than that, man, I think I have to go Zeke. And we play in a keeper league, so I know that the team is going to stay sturdy. I, I don't have to worry about that. And that's big for me is having a good team. And I think I'm rolling with Zeke as my number one running back for the 2020 season. We'll have to come back and check in, run this clip back, see what happens. But wow. that's that's it. For, and uh, my second thought would be, what do you guys think would happen if there was a supplemental draft due to coronavirus shutting down the NCAA season, if there was no season, there was no playing, these guys aren't just going to sit around. There would have to be some sort of supplemental draft. How do y'all think they would? De- how do y'all think that they would determine who is getting first pick? Who's who's getting what guy? I mean, that it is a crazy thought to think of. And uh, I can tell you right now. Bill Belichick would have the number one pick, and he'd and take Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. That's yeah, what would happen. They would the find a way. They would find he's a way. Off the board. I don't know. It's interesting to think about. I personally do not think that the season will be shut down. 
but that doesn't mean that that won't happen because nobody yeah. knows anything going on right now. So it is it is very very arrogant to believe that I have the answers. But it is interesting to think about what could potentially happen with a supplemental draft if these guys were not able to play. I mean, that would change the entire landscape of the league. That would be yeah, that would absolutely. Be and I mean, once in a lifetime experience for sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. So, t- Tony hitting you with some hypotheticals. Gotta love it, giving you something to think about. Um, Christian McCaffrey is the one one, by hey, the way. But we'll come back. Uh, we, we will. We will. We'll, we'll run it I'm back and see what away happens. From Christian McCaffrey, I think that nah. he, he is he is above and beyond. I mean, he he is he has done nothing but. Oh yeah. He's a cheat code, like he's Lamar Jackson, but running back. He's a cheat code. So I mean. It is a, it, it, I, It's weird that it feels like such a strong stance to not take McCaffrey number one, but they're really not that far apart. You got to remember that McCaffrey's catching ten passes a game last year. They had nothing else. Oh, yeah. They're they're running this guy into the ground, and I think they look at the uh, landscape of the whole league and they realize there's the Todd Gurleys. There's the there's these players that that are going to fade out because they're getting run down. There's no other option on offense. So it would not surprise me if they took a step back from McCaffrey being this 110 percent workhorse to just being 95 percent. And I think that would that would knock his his uh, points enough to maybe Zeke could slide up in there. And I mean, yeah, you definitely. know what you're getting with Zeke. Definitely. It's not any question at all. It, Oh yeah, I, I mean it's a hot take, but at the end of the day, you're splitting hairs when yeah, you get up to the top. Hairs. So, well, guys, we are low on time. We are about to close the doors, but let me let me leave you with a nice little football quote. This is something I'm going to do. I'm going to crank out some quotes from players or coaches or hell, I may even I may even throw out some quotes from TV characters. We'll see. But for now, the the all-impressive GOAT at the wide receiver position, Jerry Rice, he told us, I feel like I'm the best, but you're not going to get me to say that. So, you know, I'm not going to say that we're the best up-and-coming fantasy football podcast, but, I mean, I'm not going to say we're not. Yeah. So, much, much love. Again, you got Blake and Tony coming at you with the Fantasy Wire. And we are out. Check us out.